0: Hello, I'm Dr. Beverly Wright, Executive Director of the Business Analytics Center at Georgia Tech. This is the Analytics Buzz, a podcast about trends, tools, techniques, and talent related to data science and analytics. Our podcast uses an interview format with industry and academic leaders and is intended for analytics interested business professionals from the US and beyond. Thank you again for listening to the Analytics Buzz. With us today, we have Alex Vayner, who is data science and analytics practice leader for North America at Capgemini. And we're talking about trends in data science and the focus on customer centrality. Hi, Alex. Hi, Beth. How are you?
1: Fantastic.
0: Thanks for being on the Analytics Buzz. <clears throat> Let's start off with a background and some introductions. So um, we met when you were at Equifax and you've been very generous with your time. You um, spoke at several of our events and have served as a panelist, and now I've somehow managed to talk you into coming on the show. Um, Tell us more about why you're so cool.
1: Yeah, I um, I studied math and computer science um, as an undergrad, and um, right here at Georgia Tech in, in grad school. Thank you for doing that. Wonderful experience. And um, I've been doing data science my whole career in um, consulting companies, uh, worked as a equity research scientist for Hedge Fund mm-hmm. and uh, in a bunch of corporations. Probably the last half of my career, it's been more focused on building and running data science teams Got and it. capabilities and data science products.
0: Okay. Um, so let's start with what do you see as the history? Because you've been in data science for what? 20 years, something like that? What would you say is the the beginning um, sort of traditional old-school rules of um, what we saw in data science and some of the first applications?
1: You know, I think that data science really began as more traditional business intelligence. And that's probably the, the term that um, those of us who have been around uh, a while um, heard the most. And the business intelligence is all about... The IT organization servicing their, you know, business customers, internal customers, and thinking about the increasing amount of data, which now has gotten to the, the label of big data, but you know, it's been increasing for a while, and you know, what are they going to do with it? They know it's relevant to the business, mm-hmm. um, they don't know exactly how, and it was very much a, a supply conversation. We have data. Business needs to use it. Let's figure out an an interesting way to service up that data, and that was business intelligence and a bunch of platforms came about that enabled business users to actually see it. But it was still very much about data.
0: Mm -hmm. So it was um, kind of pointed inward to the organization on how they could learn from themselves and what they could do with it, as opposed to this new trend in growth that we're going to talk about that has more of an external focus. Is that is that a good summary?
1: Yeah, that's excellent, actually. It's spot on. It's it's internal and ex- external versus also another way to think about it is BI is backwards looking, right? We always hear about, you know, a BI is more about, you know, what happened and why it happened. And, mm-hmm. and data science is forward looking. It's about, um, you know, what will happen and what should we do about it. And, you know, the the size of the data is also Quite different, right? One of the reasons data science has evolved is that the the big data really became big, and it moved from megabytes to you know to gigabytes to terabytes and petabytes, and the, the machinery from the from the technology point of view, right? That we need to deal with it, right? Hadoop, etc. As well as the algorithms, right, um, they have both changed. So both the, from, the, from the hardware side and software side, both things have had to change to evolve with um, the evolution of the need, which is transition from the IT to the business.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the other thing that's changed is the data types. We usually dealt with data that was very structured. Now the world is dealing with data that's both structured and unstructured, And then the users have changed The BI user traditionally was still an IT guy that was looking to generate some reports where the data science user is oftentimes an actual data scientist. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I guess the last bit is the methods. The methods have changed probably the most, um, you know, traditional BI dealt with, you know very fundamental you know linear regression type of methods now we're in the world of artificial intelligence and machine learning and cognitive computing and um, and the methodology is, um, is 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 very robust it's very deep and it's uh, it's something that you actually need to be educated in you have degrees in and you need to specialize in
0: got it so let's unpack these because I jotted down I was trying to capture <laughs> all that there's a lot of content and that's good um, Let's unpack some of these. So we had the the types, uh, meaning the data structure has changed a great deal, the volumes, the users themselves or the consumers of the analytic that gets produced, um, the customer expectations, which you didn't say outright, but I got the sense that that was um, inherent in all that, and then the methods. Um, so let's just start with types. Did I summarize those?
1: Yeah. Up, up? yeah okay. That sounds right.
0: Okay. So the types of data you talked about um, there, the trends moving from the traditional kind of ones and zeros. And what are we seeing now, as opposed to the the old style?
1: Well, I think it, you know I would even back up more, right? Mm-hmm. Which is that you know what's happening in the world has changed, and the the growth of business and the change itself. Um, has increased. So you know um, this, this, uh, the future is Ray Kurzweil talks a lot about, it, and I, I talk about Ray a, a bunch, and uh, uh, he talks about the exponential growth um, of data, of technology, really, mm-hmm. and, um, and how that's changing our climate. And you know, really, what that means for data science is the customer is evolving, the customers' behaviors are evolving. And businesses whose fundamental purpose is to create a customer this is a quote from Peter Drucker one of my favorites is um, now has to keep up with that customer mm-hmm. has to process you know the customers behavior which comes through the internet and the mobile phone and you know and Twitter and Facebook and uh, an actual physical presence and has to convert that to to actual business problems and has to create new customers has to keep existing customers and that's the the fundamental business challenge
0: mm-hmm. would you say that the customers themselves have been um, somewhat of a force that would encourage the the shifts and the focus because I know um, we were talking yesterday um, with um, a representative from North Highland at the Chamber of Commerce about the immigrants and the natives of technology and how uh, the younger generation who were born into technology, they have certain expectations. They, they expect, as a company, that you're going to monitor them and that you're going to know where they are, what they're doing, who they're with, <laughs> why they're doing it potentially. Whereas the immigrants, they still see it as creepy. You know, so would you say that the, the end user, the ultimate consumer, him or herself, has something to do with this shift? Or is it more company-based?
1: You know, I think it's interesting. I, I honestly haven't thought about this, but what comes to mind is actually the consumer hasn't changed, uh, but the consumer's voice has amplified, ah. and that's what's um, that's what's interesting for the business. I mm-hmm. think, which you know, before the business ran as it ran, and when consumers weren't unhappy, they just you know they just put their uh, fists on the table and they pounded hard, but no nothing really happened. But now. They can put it on Twitter, and it's visible to the to the to the world, mm-hmm. and it has a real business impact. So businesses have to pay attention. So I think that you know the amplification amplification of the consumer voice is driving business behavior and is driving the evolution of the business. And I would argue for the better, uh, right? Because now we could be more responsible about servicing the consumers, right? The ultimate customer.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. And um, we we were talking before we started the recording about um, how this focus on the consumer encourages businesses to be a little more insights-driven. And what do we mean by that? As a, I mean, when you produce an analytic, isn't that automatically insights? I know it's not,
1: but explain why. So it's not even just about producing analytics. So analytics could be insights, but mm-hmm. the, the trend that I see in business is that uh, fundamentally – Businesses make products or services. So the businesses that make products are, let's say, GE Mm -hmm. makes um, airplane engines, right? Well, they've been making engines for a while. And the the trend that's happening is as an industry matures, the marketplace becomes more competitive, the margins um, decrease, the space becomes commoditized. Right. And, the, and, the, and usually that goes through that business cycle and companies die oftentimes. So the companies like GE that have been able to stay um, at the top of their market, mm-hmm. you know, continue reinventing themselves. And the le- the latest trend in reinventions is that companies now realize that they can't just make things. Mm. Um, what, whether those things are airplane engines or, you know, seeds for, um, you know, uh, farmers in agriculture or they're Um, tires, on trucks, they have to become insights-driven. And what that means is they have to help their consumers use the products that they make better, smarter, more effectively. And that's what gives them the competitive advantage. And essentially, the consumer buys the products, whether those products are cars or airplanes or trucks or phones, because that product is differentiated not through the product itself necessarily, although that still exists in certain markets, mm-hmm. but because the company augments the product with a service that's an inside driven service. Mm. And it helps me get more mileage out of my car or it helps me more effectively... Um, Use my refrigerator.
0: Mm-hmm. So we're saying that there's kind of a, a convergence between the product itself and the service offerings that are kind of wrapped around
1: it. Yeah, and then service companies are, uh, are facing the, a similar dilemma. And you know, having been in a few um, systems integrators, service companies, um, you know, what you see is they're on their end realizing that their business model essentially only scales linearly, right? So to, to uh, whether you're an attorney, a dentist. Um, or a consultant, um, mm-hmm. if that's your fundamental business model, the only way to make more money is to, um, you know, sign more contracts, to put more people on projects, to fill in more fillings. If you're a dentist, right? Mm-hmm. But a non-scalable way to do that is to come out with a um, a new device. Um, maybe an attorney writes a book, or maybe he patents a uh, some kind of a legal paradigm that now can be leveraged by lawyers across the world. And now he doesn't have to duplicate himself to increase revenues. So service companies are beginning to provide service um, as a software. Sometimes you hear insights as a service, software as a service. It's, a, it's, it's very much a trend in business. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, the product companies are now becoming insights-driven and beginning to provide services to enhance their products and to make them more effective for their customers.
0: Got it. Yeah, I'm I'm picturing left join, and so I'm thinking product left join with service, or right. is it the other way around? <laughs> That's Which right. one is the left join? Okay, and how do, what? How does this um, impact the the data scientist? Uh, seeing this convergence of former product, if we build it, they will come into now. It's more than just that. We've got to kind of wrap the service side around it, and seeing this convergence, what does this mean for a data scientist? How does this impact the work that we do?
1: Well, the focus, you know, and this is we see this at Capgemini all the time with our clients. So the focus now uh, goes a little bit, you know, away from the engineer that builds the the engine mm-hmm. towards the data scientist that collects, um, you know, two thousand points of data that are coming out out of that engine from the sensors, the IoT sensors that are on it every minute. And then begins to look and see if they can build a survival model for this engine, and you know, predictively tell the um, um, the owners when it's most likely to die, mm-hmm. uh, which will be important if it's an aircraft engine and you're in a plane, mm-hmm. um, or to say that you know a certain part of this engine is going to stop functioning and needs to be replaced, right? So you see that it's driving the demand for data scientists, and so the profession only grows. So at at Capgemini, we see this. Again, with every almost every single client that we have, in fact, the the conversation um, for us has shifted from a pure IT conversation, mm-hmm. where you know I would come and talk to the CIO, to where now we often come and talk to chief marketing officer mm-hmm. or a um, executive vice president of a certain business, right? Mm-hmm. Or, a chief uh, officer, or chief
0: strategy officer, chief operating. I got it. And yeah. that was one of the um, questions I was about to ask too, which is. Um, for this this trend, this focus on customer as a central point, how do you know when you're there? Assuming that this is a good place to go, how do you know that you've reached, um, you've gotten to this trend? Like, are there visible signs, or how does it get manifest within a company? Well,
1: oh, it's a great question. Um, so, I think for different industries and sectors and different types of companies, it, it's different. But there, you know, you could certainly look at. Um, customer satisfaction is a metric. Are mm-hmm. uh, your customers happy? You can look at fundamentally you know, your revenue and your profits, um, or you could look at simply a, a metric such as attrition. Are you um, keeping the customers you have? Are you growing um, their portfolios with you? Mm-hmm. Um, and are you getting new customers? Are you stealing them from competition?
0: So if your, your level of success and... In- um, you were hinting about it, but would you say organizational structure might have something to do with it? Like, for example, uh, companies that have a chief analytics officer, they must prioritize the data science function more so than someone who has, you know, the highest level is like a
1: manager. You know, it's an interesting question. I, um, I think that that answer also depends on industry. So if you're in, in financial services, right, mm-hmm. where there is no product, right, it's a service. Um, to clients, um, and that industry is, you know, arguably where data science grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't have somebody at a very executive level who is in charge of analytics, then you know you're behind the curve. If mm-hmm. you are a manufacturing company and you're just beginning to seriously explore you know, roles like a chief data officer and chief analytics officer, you might very well be um, ahead of the curve mm-hmm. um, or okay. very serious. And you know, it goes to the you know, at Capgemini, um, you know, we consultants play different roles for different players. So, if you are a company that's in a fundamental insights service line, you may not want to leverage consultants because that's your core service, and mm. you want to grow an internal large analytics and data science capability. Mm-hmm. But if you're a products company that's only beginning to explore the journey. Um, you don't really know what's going to work and what's not, and you know. And as much as, uh, say, strategy firms want to come in and tell you there's a best way to do this, um, what we find at Kemp Gemini, working with clients, working with CIOs and the business leaders, is that um, there is really no one-size-fits-all schema for how to organize your um, data science and analytics capabilities. Should that be in a Centralized model, should that be in completely decentralized model where each business has their own unit? I think it depends on your industry. It depends on your maturity. It depends on the maturity of, um, of your businesses also. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, but I think one thing that is true is an increasing trend back to the, you know, business intelligence, data science, you know, it's, you know, is there a focus away from supply to demand right mm, sort of okay. back to you know John Locke you know mm-hmm. philosophy supply demand it comes back you know 300 years later and we're talking about data science but we're talking about the same thing we're talking about is data science something that people are asking for and you need it to solve a business problem or is data science simply an outcome of the fact that you know your business is collecting a lot of data about customers and that data needs to be stored and structured and and, and how somehow synthesized.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, here's what I've summarized is um, that organistra- organizational structure m- might be a one way of assessing, but it has to be taken relative to the company size, the growth, what the vertical looks like, those sorts of things. Um, the success of the organization as a whole, and that's a really bold statement because that's implying that if you're doing data science, the way it should be done, then it's going to have an impact on your bottom line. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a bold statement, but, but um, that makes sense. Um, and then the focus on problem solving, that's really interesting. So if you um, were to go in and talk to a company, you know, and, and you hear from the senior leaders that they're using analytics to solve problems as opposed to um, more internal interests, then you're saying that's probably a good way to assess whether they've embraced this trend of, uh, moving more toward the external environment?
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: Okay. Okay. And you didn't mention this, but what are your thoughts? Because one of the ways that I uh, can tell if a company um, kind of knows what's up is if their senior leaders know their basic metrics. Like if they know this is our, because you mentioned customer satisfaction, if they know that's one of their KPIs and they know about where they stand and how they've been doing, um, would you say that's fair or 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 no on how much that might reflect on their ability to produce um, data science and analytics models that would benefit their business?
1: I think it's fair, but I think we've evolved since then, right? Yeah. Because I think I can't think of an executive that I've met in the last ten years in my career who operates by the you know the hippo rule, the highest paid person uh, opinion right rule. Uh, I think you know pretty much every single executive now is very much. Metrics are driven, you know, driven by strategic imperatives that translate into initiatives that have very measurable, specific things that, that are looked at. Mm-hmm. So I think that part, I take that as a, as a given. Table even, stakes, yeah. even in a, in an in a industry, in a company that's not not very mature in terms of data science and analytics, usually business metrics are business metrics. Right, and, you right. Know, the companies are, are run by... Um, you know, a lot of times MBAs that you know, and in, in, you know, when they come out of business school, it's very clear that you know you don't just go by your gut. You have to have um, you know Good structures, data. yeah, and data mm-hmm. and uh, and governance. So
0: yeah, yeah. So that's that's a, might be an indicator, but it's um, dated, meaning it's absolute table stakes. Like if you're a senior leader at a company, you really need to know what your key metrics are and where you stand and how it's moved.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Totally makes sense. Um, the closing question I have for you is: What final piece of advice, you know, our audience is um, typically two to 10 years experience um, in data science analytics. Sometimes they're functional leaders, sometimes they're from IT. So what final piece of advice would you give um, a data analytics professional to help them get a better focus on uh, the customer-centric?
1: You know, you know this might be a little bit surprising, but if I'm talking to a high school kid who is thinking of, okay, data science, very mm-hmm. cool, very mm-hmm. sexy, um, I want to be a data scientist. You know, the, the what I would tell them to study in college and grad school would still be statistics and computer science mm-hmm. and mathematics, uh, because I don't remember who said this, but you know, the this phrase that you can't coach height. Um, it's it's very hard. To have someone with good business acumen who, let's st- let's say, in an undergraduate school studied um, philosophy or business, that comes in and says that you want to be a data scientist, it's very hard to teach them statistics or programming um, that they need to pick up. It's quite a lot. It's very rigorous. Uh, it's much easier to teach business and you know how to be curious, um, how to ask the right business questions. Um, it's still a, a really critical skills for data scientists to have that business savviness mm-hmm. and that curiosity. But um, in in my experience, uh, you know, that's something that I've been able to to um, to teach and enroll folks in more easily than the fundamentals of you know how do you you know what is uh, logistic regression. Um, and then there's a there's a an acumen and a, and a uh, sensitivity to. Um, you know, mathematical rigor that comes out of studying computer science, statistics, math in uh, in school that, uh, that that can't be replaced or um, um, you know, in, enhanced significantly at work, I think.
0: Okay. So know your essential skills. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Thank you for the, the incredible insights, Alex Vayner. This has been great. Do you have any final words of wisdom for us?
1: The final words of wisdom, I would say, for companies, um, it would be to To try things, um, so think big, but start small and oh. experiment. Okay, and um, and you know, obviously, um, I would love to hear from them if they want to experiment with data science and analytics. That's what my team does, and uh, you know, and before investing into twenty million dollar uh, ventures that you know build a lot of infrastructure and technology and architecture, mm-hmm. um, do a bunch of Proof of concepts, of pilots, and, and see what works. Um, get the true executive buy-in from your business leaders. Make them part of the pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know nothing works better than actually participating in influencing a project. Um, then you'll have an actual champion who will fight, you know, tooth and nails for you to get the large investment you'll need to actually industrialize the solution. And uh, and for the the younger listeners, you know, high school, college, grad school. Um, I would say um, I'd say be open um, and be curious and um, and try things as well. Mm-hmm. Um, try things in terms of going working for consulting companies because that's where you'll have a high learning curve and you'll get to see a tremendous amount of breadth. You know, working across different industries, working on um, projects more focused on big data, on uh, more focused on data science, and then um, you know you could you could figure out. So I, um, I, I tell my wife that if um, you know if, if our kids, when they grow up, are not 100% clear on what they want to do, you know whether it's a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, I'm going to strongly encourage them to be consultants because that's where you discover what your passion is.
0: Nice. Very good. Well, thank you. That's awesome. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to The Analytics Buzz, a podcast about trends, tools, techniques, and talent related to data science and analytics. Please connect with the Business Analytics Center at Georgia Tech via our website. And join my network on LinkedIn, Dr. Beverly Wright, Executive Director of the Business Analytics Center. Thanks again and have a great data set.